0: Glory to God. Well, again, it is an honor to be here again and uh, appreciate the presence of the Lord this morning and what the Lord did and just uh, appreciate the Lord and everything that he does. You know, one thing that uh, one thing that I've learned and uh, I'm not as old as probably most of the people, definitely most of the people in this room, uh, only 26. I wasn't saying. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. I'm a young man. Glory to God. That's all I got to say. Amen. I'm only 26 years old. I haven't been on this earth very, very long. But what I have found out about Jesus and all my years of serving him and what I have found out is that he is never going to disappoint the people that show up expecting him to move. I've never once said in a service, and when, when, I, when I put in and gave, that I didn't get far back than what I gave. Amen. That's just the kind of God that we serve, and I appreciate, I appreciate him. This, I mean, this evening, amen, I want to say again how much I appreciate the opportunity to be here. We do not take it lightly. Uh, I believe that it's the greatest honor of my entire life after being saved, of course, is to be able to preach this gospel. There's no other thing that I'd rather do. There's no other, no other greater thing that I believe that I could do than to tell people about the love of Jesus Christ and I just love, love, love my Savior so much and appreciate the opportunity to share his word with his people. Again, I want to say thank you, Pastor, for having us come. We appreciate you and appreciate my wife and my, my child and everything that the Lord's done. Can't count the blessings of God on my life. If I did, there's a song that says, you know, we'd, we'd count over and over and over again and still fall shy. But I'm grateful. For God. I'm grateful for His people, grateful for His blessings on our life. Amen. Genesis chapter 29, if you would, I'm going to stop rambling and get onto the word of the Lord. Genesis chapter 29, verse number 20, if you could stand for the reading of the word, if you're able. Amen. Glory to God. Genesis chapter 29. Verse number 20, you know the story of Jacob, he deceives his brother Esau for the birthright and he makes a run for it, his his mother comes to him and tells him you got to get out of here, Esau's going to kill you if you don't, so he flees and the Bible says that he runs to, to his mother's brother, she tells him to go seek refuge there, he runs and this is where we find Jacob and the Bible says and you, you know the story, Jacob finds Rachel, he falls in love with her, it's love at first sight, goes to, his, goes to her father, says, I'll work seven years for her if you'll, if you'll if you'll give me, you know, her to wife. He agrees to it, and this is where we find Jacob at the end of these seven years. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had to her. Jacob said unto Laban, give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled that I may go in unto her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah his daughter and brought her to him. And he went in unto her, and Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zipla his handmaid, his maid for a handmaid. And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. He said to Laban, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Did I not serve thee for Rachel? Wherefore hast thou beguiled me? Came to pass in the morning, behold, it was the... Now this man has worked seven years. He's labored, he's worked, he's toiled, he's, he's bro- 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 broken broken sweat. He's, I mean, he has just worked for the thing that he loves, the Bible says. And in the morning, behold, it was Leah. I want to preach tonight, Lord, me and my help are just on this thought, living with Leah. Amen. Living with Leah, would you stretch your hands one more time and lift your voices. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your sweet presence. I thank you for your word, God, that never returns void. I thank you, Lord, for the people that are gathered here tonight in your house, in your sanctuary to worship you. But, Father, I pray that you'd anoint me one more time to preach the word that you birthed into my spirit. God, I pray that you'd help somebody in this house tonight. Have your will in your way. Move how you want to move, Lord. Take us out of the way take us aside. Everything else, Lord, let it be put aside and focused on you so that you can do what you want to do in this house tonight for your people in this place. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise in the name of Jesus. And the church said amen. Amen. You can be seated. Living with Leah. This is not an unfamiliar story. We all know this story very well. We've made jokes about this story. Probably every couple raised in church, if you've dated in the church world, you've probably had some kind of joke around to you. Well, did you promise him you'll serve seven years for and I'm gonna be honest. I didn't make that promise. Amen. I'm not saying I wouldn't have. I just, I just, I just didn't bring it up. Amen. I got, I got one up on Jacob that way. Amen. I just, I just straight up asked, and and uh, uh, th- thank the Lord, he said yes as well. Amen. I would have worked seven years, would have worked as many as it took. But you see, I believe everything in this book. If this book says it, I believe it. I I believe this book. I believe that, that there was a bush that was burning but did not be consumed and a voice came out of it. I believe that there was a sea that was parted and God's people walked across on dry land. I believe that water even came out of a rock. I even believe that there was a man that got swallowed by a whale and lived in the whale for three days and three nights. And I believe that when that whale spit him out, it pointed him in the direction that God needed him to go. Why? Because it's in the Word of God. And there's nothing, how many know there's nothing in this Word that's not here for a purpose? God wasn't just wasting his breath when he penned these words through all of these men inspired by the Spirit of God. God had a purpose for each and every word that's accounted for. So I want to bring our attention to this, if you would, and if you'll just bear with me. It's going to maybe be a little bit slow getting going, but I, I want to make sure you understand the message that I'm trying to get across This morning, because I believe there's something to this story that we have just read and that we've known most of our lives. If you've been raised in church, I believe there's something here that God wants us to understand of what he is trying to speak to his people. You see, there's something here that we can learn outside of just, I mean, I've heard this story making sure, you know, I've heard this story depicted as making sure you marry the right one. And I believe that's important. I believe, I believe you need to make sure you marry the right one because I still believe the Lord hates divorce. And I believe that, that he's got, got, a, got a person. Amen. Young people, you need to be careful who you marry. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. For Jacob, I want you to look at this story. Jacob deceived his brother. He's running from Esau. came upon a well where he meets Rebekah. And for Jacob, it's love at first sight. I mean, for Jacob, he looks at her and and he just he's in awe of her beauty. And she she she, man, she must have been a beautiful woman, man, or either that, or he was just tired and, and wore out from running. I don't know. But the Bible says she was beautiful. And he falls upon her. And you know, he he falls and he kisses her on the cheek and he and he says, Take me here, let me feed your, your camels and your flock and all of this. And and he ran and told Laban that walks through the door. First thing he says was that daughter out there you got, I'll work seven years for her if you'll give her to me. Well, the Bible says that Rachel was beautiful. I'm going somewhere with this. Bear with me. She's the one. She's beautiful, and that makes sense. She's the one that everybody desires. Everybody desires Rachel. Everybody desires the beautiful things in life. She is well-favored. She's the one that looks the best, the one that everyone is after. Church, everybody desires Rachel in our lives. You don't see us going chasing after ugly things. We when we go look for a car, you don't look for something that's run down and beat up. And no, you want to look for something that's nice. And, and we're, we're, we're trained in our lives to look, and our eyes naturally tend to grasp at the beautiful things in life. And that's what we chase after. The good moments, the good memories, the, the good times, if you will. And this is what what Jacob is doing. Everybody wants Rachel. But the Bible says that Leah doesn't give much description. It just says she was tender eyed. Amen. Let me, let me dumb that down for you in King James Version. It means that she, she had a good personality. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and some of you will get that later. Amen. <laughs> if you look up the name Leah, and you're going to have to forgive me if there's any Leah's in this house. Amen. Glory to God. Is there some? Amen. Yeah, all right, all right, Amen. Let me just let me tell you what the name Leah means in the King James Version. It means to tire out, to be weary, to faint, to loathe, and to be disgusted. Leah is the one when you look at you, you weren't expecting it to come, you weren't you weren't looking for it. No, nobody works for Leah. We work for Rachel. She's not desirable in anybody's book. She, she's, she's not on anybody's list of things that I want and things that I'm chasing. No, she's got to be tricked into our lives. She's got to be tricked. In a, the Bible says that Jacob loved Rachel. Well, well I, can, I can see that. Rachel's beautiful. Rachel's, Rachel, I mean, let me tell you what Rachel is. Rachel is everything that is good in life. Rachel are the plans that worked out and the dreams that came true. It's, she's the job promotion that I've been praying about, the new car that I just bought. Rachel are the good things that happened to me, the things that we label as blessings on our life. Those are all come from Rachel. Everything that we would say, well, that's a great blessing on my life, that's Rachel. Amen. That, that's Rachel, and, and finally, I, 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 when, I, when I begin to look at this, I realize I'm a lot more like Jacob than I want to believe, because there ain't a single one of us in this house that works and tries to chase after the problems of life. We don't work and try to chase after the ugly things that life brings. No, we desire Rachel. But if if Rachel represents the things that are beautiful in life and and the blessings and and the favorable moments of our life, then that must mean that Leah represents the ugly things in my life. These are the things that I never wanted. Leah are the broken things in my life. She's the disappointments, the hurt, the pain, the broken hearts, the wasted times of my life. Every time I had to cancel my plans, every time something went went wrong, that was Leah. I'm going somewhere, just bear with me. Promises that were never kept was Leah. Every time tragedy came knocking on the door, it was Leah that was standing there. Every time life hits you and knocks you down, every time that this life got the best of you and and it seems as though all hell was coming against you and it just seemed like one problem after another, after another, and we just went from pain to to pain, to pain, to pain. That, my friends, is Leah. That's Leah. So no wonder, amen, how many times have we, just like Jacob, if we'll be honest, how many times have we labored and worked for Rachel. How many times have we prayed and we fasted and we've been faithful to God and we've served God and we're working and we're laboring for Rachel, but yet just like Jacob, we wake up in the morning and there Leah is again. There she is one more time. God, I prayed and I fasted and I really thought that I'd get blessings on my life, but it seems at every corner I'm facing Leah. Seems at every corner there was Leah, amen, trying to work for God, trying to do these things. Uh, You see, Leah has never been an invited guest. Nobody opens up their home and invites Leah into their house. None of us do it, amen. We've never intentionally sought after Leah. Every time she comes, she's unwanted. She's not favorable. The Bible says that Jacob even hated Leah. That's what the Word of God says. She hate, He hated her. She wore him out. Nobody sets out to marry Leah. Nobody kisses Leah on the first date like he did with Rachel. Nobody walks up and says, I'll work seven years. No, Leah is unwanted in every area of our lives. So how do I end up with her, preacher? I'm going to preach just a minute. You bear with me. You still with me? Amen. I'm going to preach in just a minute. I just got to make sure you understand what I'm trying to say. How do I end up with Leah, preacher? I'll tell you how. God had to trick her into your life. God had to trick her into your, he he wouldn't have walked down the aisle. Listen, I'm not here to uh, say one way or the other or what what was or what wasn't or what it means. But I submit to you uh, that this is an area that we can look at and realize that I'm more like Jacob than I thought. Because I've worked. Nobody ever chooses Leah. Nobody walks down the aisle and makes a vow to Leah. Nobody falls in love with Leah. It has to be trickery that gets her into your life. If you haven't understood it yet, let me tell you who Leah is. Leah is the phone call that turned your world upside down. She's the struggle of your life that you look back to this day uh, and you lift your hands and say, oh God, thank you for getting me through that time. That was Leah. Leah are the times in your life when you thought about throwing in the towel and giving up. Uh, Leah are the moments that you thought it was all over and things were never going to change. Uh, some of you, amen, some of us need to thank God for bringing us through the Leah moments of our lives. Uh, thank God for seeing me through the. but this is who Leah is and just 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 like Jacob, we spend our whole lives avoiding Leah. We spend our whole lives trying to get away from Leah. I'm going to take this coat and tie off, amen. We spend our entire lives trying to get away from Leah and chasing after Rachel. Jacob spent his whole life despising and hating Leah, all the while trying to get more of Rachel. And that's exactly what we do. We hate the problems, we hate the pain, we hate the trials, we hate the tribulations, and we constantly chase after Rachel. But let me tell you something. At the end of Jacob's life, when Jacob was getting ready to die, he realized who was more important to him in his life. Because at the end of Jacob's life, he gave instructions on where to bury my body. And if you will read in Genesis 49 and 31, he was given specific instructions. Uh, He said, listen, go bury me here at this place. For there they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebecca, his wife. And he says, and there I buried Leah. You want to know where Rachel was buried? On the side of the road somewhere wherever she fell. That's where she was buried. Leah, when Leah died, he went and buried her with Abraham and Isaac and their wives. And he said go bury me with Leah. Because at the end of Jacob's life, uh, Jacob realized uh, that the thing that I've hated uh, and the thing that I've tried to run away from uh, and the thing that I've been disgusted with has given me five times uh, as much uh, as the thing uh, that I loved. Uh, She's been more profitable to me than I ever thought she could be. It's the ugly things. It's the undesirable things that Jacob realized has given me more blessings. At the end of his life, he realized that I've got more that's come from Leah than what Rachel could have ever given me. Yes, Rachel might be beautiful. Uh, She might be nice to walk with. Uh, She might be nice for everybody to look at her and say, oh, what a beautiful time Uh, and what a beautiful blessing Uh, and all this and that. I'm not, uh, listen, I'm not against marrying a pretty wife. Amen. i married the prettiest one out there. Uh, So that's not what I'm preaching. Uh, But what I'm saying uh, is that time and time again uh, we fight for the good things of life. Uh, We fight uh, and we scrounge uh, and we work for blessings uh, in our lives. Uh, But more times than not God is trying to get us uh, a blessing uh, that's wrapped up in the thing uh, that I hate uh, that I despise uh, that I'm trying to get away from uh, but it's in those moments uh, of pressure uh, and pain uh, and heartache uh, that God says uh, I'm giving you something uh, that Rachel is incapable of giving you Uh, I'm trying to give you a blessing that Rachel can give you hallelujah that which I hated has given me more than the things that I love. Sometimes, if we're being honest, it's the things that are disgusting in our life. It's the things that are, that, are, that are tiresome and weary that we get disgusted with, as the Bible describes Leah. But it's those things that actually bring us closer to God. It's those moments that we are brought to our knees. Amen. There are times, I submit to you, and this might not be a popular message, but I'm going to preach it anyways. There are times that Leah is better for you than Rachel could ever be. There are times that Leah, you don't know it, you didn't realize it, you didn't comprehend it, and you wondered why Leah is even a part of my life, but it's all in God's plan, and God knows if if I just give you Rachel and let you be happy, you'll live a happy life, but you won't be very fruitful. But if I give you Leah, she's gonna cause you pain. She's gonna cause you suffering. She's gonna torment you. And you're gonna come under the gun. And you're gonna be pressured. And you're gonna, but Jacob, hold on. She's gonna bless you. She's going to bless you. Looking back over my life, when I look back over my 26 years of living, it was Leah that God used to mold me into the man that He wanted me to be. Come on, somebody. Amen. It was Leah that drove me to my knees and drew me closer to God than Rachel ever could have. But yet over and over and over again, just like Jacob, we desire and we chase and we pray for the Rachels. And God keeps bringing us blessings and growth through Leah. Over and over again, the whole time that we're chasing after Rachel, God has a lifetime of blessings wrapped up in the very thing that I'm trying to avoid. We think that we're blessed when we have Rachel. We do. We think that we're, contrary to popular opinion, amen, you're not as blessed as you think when you have Rachel. We think we're blessed when we're on the mountaintop, and everything's going good, and everything's going right, and that's what we call blessings in our life. Now, I want to I I just, you know, may, make a statement here. I'm not saying that your job promotion, I'll shout with you, I'll be happy with you, I'm not saying it's not a blessing. I'm not saying it's not a blessing, or or you should feel bad if you if you live in a nice house and have a nice family and have nice things. I'm not against that. Amen. I I, I I want some for my own life too. But we can't get so sought after the what we call blessings in our life that we forget and we fail to realize, just like Jacob, that God is sending us blessings upon blessing upon blessing that we never realized could only come from Leah. We label these things as blessings, amen. If I was to ask you in this house, what are you blessed with? If we was to pass around the mic and and ask the congregation, what are you blessed with? We'd hear things like a good job, a good family, a good home, a good retirement plan, a a nice car to drive, things like that. And, And listen, I'm all for that. I can't say that enough. But these are the things that we label and we think because we have them, that means we're blessed. But do you want to know the people that Jesus called blessed? Amen. You want to know what Jesus' title and and description of being blessed look like? Let's go to Matthew chapter 5, verse number 10. The Bible says, Jesus Gets out and he's preaching, and I can just see his disciples. Man, he's just been calling out the Pharisees, uh, calling out the religious crowd, and, and he's on a roll. And you know, I mean, they may have got a little lost around the, you know, eat my body, drink my blood type thing, you know, that probably confused them a little bit. I don't know. Uh, but, 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 man, they're, they're all pumped up. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, Let's talk about blessed people. Amen. Let's talk about being blessed. And I can just see his disciples, uh, they're getting excited. Oh, here we go. We're about to receive blessings. Uh, amen. Matthew obviously grabs a pen, uh, says, I'm going to write this down uh, because I want to remember what Jesus said blessings are. And all of a sudden, Jesus begins to speak. And, and we, 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 you know, we, we know this scripture very well. But verse number 10, I, I can only imagine the looks on their faces when he says, blessed are they which are persecuted. For righteousness' sake. Blessed are they. I can imagine Matthew stopping. Wait. Hey, Peter, did I hear that right? Did he just say we're blessed when we're persecuted? I thought that's what I heard, but, but, but okay, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just keep writing. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they when you're persecuted. Then he goes on to say, blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Listen, we'll we'll say amen because it's the word of God now. But if we would have been there when Jesus was speaking, we probably would have had some questions. Whoa, 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 hold on. This man's saying that we're blessed when, I, I thought he was going to say I'm blessed when, when, when my family likes me. Come on, somebody. I thought he was going to say I'm blessed when when everything's going right and when I've got more friends than enemies, when I've got friends that that have my back. and, And I'm not saying those aren't blessings. But Jesus looked at the crowd and he said, I'll tell you when you're blessed, you're blessed when people talk about you like a dog, when they roll their eyes at you and they rebuke you and they shut you out because of your stance on this gospel. That is when the people of God, you are blessed. You're not blessed when you're walking with Rachel. You're not blessed when you're walking with Rachel. But you're blessed when Leah is at every corner of your life. He says, You're not blessed when you think this, that, or the other. And then, if that wasn't enough, as if that wasn't bad enough, Jesus took it a step further. In his next scripture, The next words out of his life, after he told them that this is what being blessed looks like, he gets the next scripture and Jesus says, then he says this. He says, rejoice. Be happy about it. Be exceedingly glad for great is your reward. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. I probably, if I was one of those disciples, I'm not going to act like I would have been all holy and understanding. I probably would have dropped the pencil and said, that's it. First he tells me it's okay for them to talk about me, to laugh at me, to scorn me, to turn their back on me. Now he wants me to get up and act happy about it. Come on somebody, amen. Let's be honest. That's probably what a lot of us would have done. I know it's what Stephen Taylor would have done. Now he wants me. You see what God was saying? uh, He said, listen, I'll tell you what you're going to do. I'm sorry that they hurt you. I'm sorry that they talked about you. But after it's over with uh, and they've talked about you and they've run your name through the mud uh, and they've done this uh, and they've done that. He said, get into the house of God uh, on Sunday morning. uh, And when the worship team uh, starts to play, he said, get out in the aisle uh, and begin to magnify uh, And rejoice because blessed are you. Not when everything's going good, but when Leah is there. Blessed are you. Look at the people that Jesus is calling blessed. It's not the people that I thought would be. But what Jesus was trying to say is that you've got a definition of what being blessed is. And I come to let you know there's another definition that you don't know about. Because l- l- let, me, let me tell you something. When you decide to pursue the will of God for your life and you decide to walk according to the Word of God, a persecution's gonna come. Come on, somebody, amen. I said, a persecution, it might come from family, it might come from friends, it might come from co workers, uh, and you're gonna hear things. Uh, amen. So they, 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 they get saved. Uh, uh, I see it all the time. Some people get saved and they go back to their work and they go back to their families, uh, and, 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 and all of a sudden they act indifferent. They don't like the things they used to like. Hey, come on somebody, amen. Uh, and when they really get saved, I mean, when they get saved, saved uh, they don't listen to the music they used to listen to. Come on somebody, amen. They don't watch the things they used to watch. Uh, they don't hang out in places uh, that they used to hang out in. Uh, and people say stuff about like, uh, well, you think you're too good for us now, don't you? Who do you think you are? Uh, we've always talked like this. It's never bothered you before. And then they'll say stuff like, you forgot where you came from. Come on, somebody. Amen. Come on, amen. They'll say those things like, Well, you just forgot where you came from. No, I didn't forget. I know all too well. I just can't go there anymore. So you can talk about me. You can say what you want, but I'm gonna stand on the word of God. And the more you talk about me, the more blessed I am. The more you slander my name, the more blessed that God says that I am. Hallelujah. Blessed are ye when they persecute you, when they talk about you. You're not blessed when you have Rachel, but you're blessed when Leah is at every corner of your life. If I I gave you, I I can't, but if I, let's be honest, if I was to tell you, if I was to give you the power of somehow God allowed, and God lets you go back and change any moment of your life, If you could pick a few moments to change some things that happened, no doubt, it would be tragedy that struck. It would be things that went wrong. It would be problems that arose, no doubt. But if we'll be completely honest, for the most part, I know for my life, I know exactly what I'd go change. And if you knew much of my life, you'd know what it was. Brother Jacob, but if I went back and changed that, more than likely, every single one of us, we would go back and change the very thing that made us who we are today. We would go back and we would change the very thing that God used to mold you into who you are. Sometimes it's there because God sent it your way. Come on, somebody. Now, I'm not talking about sin. If sin messed up your life, that was never the plan of God. That was never the, but even when sin messes up your life and brings it, my scripture tell me that he has a way of making things that meant were meant for evil and he turns them for your good. That's the kind of God, you know what he's saying? He's saying, all right, when the devil introduces you to Leah and says, you work for Rachel, but I'm gonna introduce you to Leah, God says, I'm gonna bless Leah's womb and I'm gonna bring some blessing upon blessing upon blessing, yes, there's gonna be pain, yes, there's gonna be hurt, But at the end of the day, I'm going to bring you something uh, that Rachel could never hope to bring you. I'm going to bless you uh, in ways uh, that I never could had I let you walk with Rachel. The things that we would change would probably be the things that make us who we are today. Because let me tell you this, you can just look at Scripture and see. Listen, if Daniel don't get thrown in the lion's den, Babylon doesn't repent. Come on, somebody. Amen. If he don't get thrown in the lion's den, the king's heart doesn't turn and the nation doesn't turn back to God. If Jonah doesn't spend three days in the whale, well, Nineveh never has revival. If Paul doesn't lose his eyesight, then half the New Testament does not get written. If the three Hebrew boys don't face the fire, we see no fourth man in the fire. And if there is no Calvary, and if there is no cross, uh, and if there's no blood, uh, and there's no nail-scarred hands, uh, then there's no redemption, uh, there's no resurrection, uh, there's no hope, uh, there's no Pentecost, and that didn't come through Rachel, that came through Leah. (laughs) The very hope of glory, that's the reason we are here today, it didn't come. Through Rachel, that came when Jesus Christ walked a mile with the hand of Leah. What are you saying, Brother Stephen? I'm saying that there are some blessings and some deliverances in your life that can only come when we learn to embrace Leah. When I learned to remember, and listen, uh, is Brother Stephen hoping that all you have is problems? No. I hope you have moments of laughter. I hope you have moments of joy. But I also hope you have moments of pain. Because it's in those moments of pain that God begins to bring us and nobody wants to pray for it. Nobody asks for it and this preacher sure does not But I cannot deny that through every trial and every adversity and everything that I've overcome every time I came out, I came out with a little bit more anointing a little bit more power a little bit more understanding of who God was, a little bit more understanding of the grace and the empowerment of Jesus Christ in church. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Leah. And neither would a lot of us, if we're being honest. You look at the three men thrown in the fiery furnace. Amen. Before the fire, there's just three of them. Amen. Let me put it to you this way. You can't have four unless you have fire. Until fire comes, there's only ever going to be three. <laughs> But when the fire comes, and the enemy goes to pressing in, uh, and he throws them in, uh, and they're walked away, and they're forgotten about, uh, and they're abandoned, uh, and nobody had their backs, uh, and there's just three of them, uh, and they're bound up in chains, uh, and, they're, and they're thrown in, uh, and they're forgotten about. Uh, but this is when uh, that Jesus Christ steps in, uh, and they said, hey, uh, how many men did we throw anyways? Uh, well, we threw three. That's what I thought. Uh, but the last time I just went and looked, uh, there's a fourth man. Uh, in the fire and he looks to be uh, like the son of God what do you a preacher it's not until the fire comes uh, that I get to face my deliverer it's not until the fire comes and things get turned up and and everything goes wrong you talk about things going wrong things went wrong but before the fire this is what I love about the scripture. It doesn't only say he showed up, but before the fire, when they were thrown in there, the king said, listen, one more thing. Didn't we bind them in chains before we threw them in there? Chains or rope or whatever it was. Well, yes, sir, we did. He said, that's what I thought. But when I looked, I seen four men, and every single one of them's loose, and they're free, and they're walking around, and the other one is shining so brightly, I can see so clearly. What are you saying, Brother Stephen? I'm saying that more times than not, it is the fire, it is the Leah's in your life that will introduce you to your deliverance. It's the Leah's in your life that will introduce you. There's a lot of times uh, that the things we're praying for huh, and the things that we're wanting huh, and the things that we're, we're believing God for, it only comes after we walk a mile or two with Leah. And these four men realized, amen, it's Leah that will open the door. It's Leah that will give you an introduction to your deliverance. Leah will introduce you to your miracle. Leah will open the door to your ministry. Leah will guide you to your promise. Uh, Leah will part the waters uh, of opposition in your life. Uh, Amen. What are you saying? I'm trying to tell somebody, stop looking uh, for your deliverance uh, and your miracle to come just through Rachel. It just might be uh, that God has got your blessings uh, and your miracle and your deliverance uh, wrapped up in the thing uh, that you hate uh, and that you despise could very well be that these Leahs in your life that that you hate, that you try to get away from, but those very well could be the very vessels that God is using to bring these miracles into your life. Hallelujah. If we could pass this mic around and we don't have the time, but if we could, every person in here, if you've been serving God for any length of time, you can probably testify. That when Leah came into your life, you didn't understand it. You probably still don't understand some of it. That's all right. We're not told to understand it. We're just told to trust God. Come on, somebody. Amen. Let, let, me, let, me, let me echo that one more time. It's okay to not understand. God never required us to understand. He just required us to believe and trust God. Amen. And when I do, I realize That just like Jacob, there are times that Leah is more profitable for you than Rachel ever could have been. I come to talk to some people tonight. I'm getting ready to close. If somebody could come help me at the piano. I'm getting ready to close. But I come to tell somebody, it's hard living with Leah. It is. It's hard. It's not easy. It's tiresome. It's weary. There are times that you hate the predicament that you're in. But if you'll hold on. Leah' is going to bless you. If you'll hold on, Leah is going to bless you. The greatest things in life Jacob realized did not come from Rachel, but it came From Leah. I don't have time. you know the story. Rachel gave him two sons. Leah gave him 10. Out of the 12 tribes of Israel, 10 of them came from Leah. That came from the thing he hated. I don't have time to go through all 12 of them we could and all 12 of them all, all 10 of them rather could preach but, but let me just let me just give you a couple a- out of Leah came Levi. You want to know what Levi was? That was the priesthood. Amen. That's <laughs> that's that's intercessory right there. That, 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 that came from Leah. Leah's going to give me the one that's going to go into the temple and sprinkle the blood on the altar. Leah's going to give me the one that's going to make intercession at an altar. You want to know why? Because you never really know how to intercede until you've walked with Leah. Come on, somebody. You don't know how to intercede on somebody else's behalf until you've lived with Leah for a while. But it was only through Leah we could just see God, and, and, and there's, it's never recorded that he had this conversation. But I wonder what the conversation would be like if God, here is Rachel, Jacob is again complaining about Leah, complaining about how ugly she is, how tiresome she is. I can't get away from her, she wears me down, she gets me tired. And I could see if God could just get a hold of him, shake him up a little bit. Hey, hold on. I'm giving you something through her that could never come from the thing you want. It could never come from, but you see, it's only after you've walked in pain and in suffering that you'll know how to go come before me and intercede for another. And let me tell you this, if it wasn't for the Levites, we wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for the Levites, we, because Christ is the ultimate Levite that came and made intercession. But long before Christ came for years and hundreds and hundreds of years, it was the Levites that came by. And oh, the joy that filled the the camps when the people watched the Levite bring the offering, lay it in an altar, and he would walk out. Scripture tells us he would walk out. And say, your sins are forgiven. They're washed away because I've made the sacrifice. And if they could only understand, I don't know if anybody did, but if they understood what I'm trying to get us to understand in this house, they would look back. And I believe some of them would have even whispered, Jacob, thank you for enduring Leah. Thank you for walking and living I know it was painful, I know it wasn't pretty, I know it wasn't fun, but thank you, because there's a whole nation that's being blessed out of the thing that your pain brought forth. There's one other one, I'm just going to name this one and we're going to come to these altars, and I believe some of us in this house, what is your whole point, Brother Stephen? I, I, I promise I'm not trying to get you to love trials, I'm not, amen. That would be a fool's errand because I preach it to myself and I still don't like it. But what I do want us to realize and hopefully that we get is understand that in those moments have patience because God is working on something that I cannot see. And there's one other, one other tribe that come out of there. There's nine other tribes, but I'm just going to name one. And that was the tribe of Judah. First off, Judah means praise. Judah means a shout of victory, because you can't praise Him. We talked about it this morning. Praise and worship go hand in hand, and the true heart of praise and worship comes after I've walked with Leah. It comes after I've known pain, after I've known suffering. But not only does it bring praise, not only is Judah the the tribe of praise, but Judah is also from Judah comes David. David. And from David comes the seed of David. And from the seed of David comes the son of David, Jesus Christ, <laughs> the Lion of Judah. What are you saying, Brother Stephen? Without Leah, there's no Judah. And without Judah, there's no Lion of the tribe of Judah. And without that lion of the tribe of Judah, there's no salvation. There's no redemption. There's no hope. There's no peace in time of trouble. There's no hope for tomorrow. There's nothing. And that didn't come from the thing that Jacob loved and the thing that was beautiful. No, that came from his pain and his heartbreak and his suffering. But through that, God said, Listen, Jacob, you don't understand, but I've got the Messiah held inside the thing that you've been hating. <laughs> I've got the Redeemer of the world, so just hold on a little while, Jacob. I need you to walk a little while longer. I know it's harder. Uh, I know it's uglier. Uh, I know it's not, not, not very favorable. But, Jacob, if you hold on, I'm going to bring uh, an entire nation out of her. And out of that is going to come Jesus Christ. And that can only come through Leah. I close with this. Everybody stand all across this house. What are you saying, Brother Stephen? I'm desperately, I know this was a little different. (laughs) But I felt the Holy Ghost impress upon my heart. And there's some people in this sanctuary, maybe there's some listening tonight, you're not here, but you've had to live with Leah, maybe for a long time. Maybe, Maybe you're like Jacob, you've despised her, you've tried to get away from her. You 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 prayed for God to just take her and send her away. But she's still there. And I'm not trying to get you to fall in love with her. But Jacob, here's the thing about Jacob: Jacob came to love her late. It was too late in Jacob's life. Jacob didn't realize till the very end of his life, oh my Lord. The thing which I've hated and despised and rejected has given me far more than Rachel ever could have dreamed. It was too late for Jacob, but it's not too late for us. What do you want from me, Brother Stephen? Here's what I want. I want you to come down here, and I want you to wrap your arms around your pain, around your problems, around Leah, and say, I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't understand why. But some way, somehow, you are going to bless me. You are going to prosper me. Because my God has this way of making things and turning it around, of what the enemy meant for evil. My God has just got a way of turning it around and using it for my good. I come to tell somebody at Victory Temple tonight, hold on, I know living with Leah's heart, but hold on, because God wants to bring something through that pain, through that heartache that you could never have any other way. But if we'll learn to trust the Lord, Say, I don't understand how. I don't understand why. But I trust you and know that you've got Leah in my life for a reason. I believe that we'll see blessings upon blessings upon blessings. Some of the things we might not have thought were blessings. We won't find out till later that God actually used that for my good. Amen. If that's your prayer, would you come? These altars are open all across this house. Could we come? You can kneel. You can stand. Whatever you, whatever you feel, but can we spend a little bit of time asking God to help us to have patience with Leah. Lord, don't let me get caught up in chasing after Rachel. Don't let me get caught up in chasing after the beautiful things. But Lord, help me to understand that you're trying to bless to me lie. through Leah. Oh.